Amen. Good morning, church. Happy New Year. It's great to see you this morning. We're glad that you're here. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, the life of God dwells in me. And the life of God dwells in you. Therefore, you have victory in every situation, under every circumstance, and in every place. And your victory releases a fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere you go. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Once again, welcome. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us online. We are glad that you are with us. Our Maker Campus, welcome. Happy New Year to you all. Uh, I am looking so forward to the year to come and uh, what God has planned for us. Uh, you are here right now. You are in the kingdom of God uh, for such a time as this. Uh, God didn't make a mistake and put you in this time. You know, sometimes people, you know, they'll say, you know what? Wow, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm called for a wrong time. Or, or you know, uh, you know, my niece, they used to say, well, she's kind of an old soul. She liked, you know, uh, older music and all that stuff. Maybe she was called to a different generation. No, uh, it doesn't matter your likes or dislikes. You are called for such a time as this. Right? We have differences about us. We have different likes and dislikes, but we are here right now in this generation for such a time as this. And God is doing great things, and God has you here, has us here, has the body of Christ in the earth right now because there's something significant that he's doing in the earth. And uh, you have to really begin to understand, begin, uh, if you haven't already, to pray things out, to pray things through, because with the natural eye, it may look like things are just the opposite of what you begin to pray and you begin to see with your spiritual eyes. But that's why Paul prayed that, the, that our spiritual eyes would be opened to know what is the hope of his calling. Because if you just look at things from a natural perspective, it could get you down or get you up depending on your point of view. But when you see what God has planned, what God is doing, what God did in Christ already, right? And what he did for you, he did for everybody. What he did for you, there's many people around you that don't know what that he did, what he did for you, he did for them. And they're just waiting to know. They're just waiting to find out. They're looking for something different. And from the natural, it would look like they don't even want to know. They don't want anything to do with it. But from the spiritual and in their heart, they're searching. They're yearning for something that is empty on the inside of them that they don't even know what will fill it. And so God's calling his church to rise up, to bring a boldness, a humility under the hand of God, but a boldness to bring light and to bring truth, to bring a reflection of even what God has done, right, in us. So it's not really a time to let the weight of the world push you down. It's a time to throw that thing, those things off and rise up. You say, well, what about the things that are going on? Well, that's what we've been talking about. That's the things that really we want to understand. You know, if we go back just a little bit to move forward, God, uh, really, I believe he had us talk about foundations last year, how to build that good foundation. Go back to the very basic foundational principles of the word of God from Hebrews so that there's strength and we're building upon that. We talked about the body of Christ. 
who you are and what God's called us to do, that he's the head. The head's always going to get done what it needs to get done through the body. Your head, whatever it thinks about, needs your body to actually get it done. And the same with Jesus. He has many things he wants to do on the earth, but he has to do move and, and do it through his body. Uh, we talked about local churches' bodies. We talked about the universal body of Christ, what God is doing, what he wants to do through his body. We're here for such a time as this. We've been talking about authority that we have because if we don't understand the authority that's in the word of God in the name of Jesus. And as we'll move forward, we'll talk about the blood of the lamb. And so understanding our authority in this day is critically important. It's very important. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you uh, this morning as I was praying this week, uh, you know, and I was praying for, for the church. I was praying for souls to be saved. I got into a place of, of praying for, for the souls, for, for the loss. It was, it was an odd thing for me. And so if I just had indigestion, let me work this out. You all can be here as I work this out. And uh, uh, thank you for that. But uh, it was just clear it's happened in, in different times like this for me. And so I believe it was the Spirit of God saying something, not just to me, uh, but for us. And so I'm praying. I'm just saying, God, you know, uh, I know that you've called us to, to certain things. And, and uh, you know, I was praying out those things, but really came to, to seeing the lost saved. And, uh, and uh, all of a sudden on the inside of me, this phrase just kept coming up, the turning point, the turning point. 2023 is a turning point. 2023 is a turning point. So I, I looked up just what turning point meant, and this is what a turning point means. It means a point at which significant change occurs. A point at which significant change occurs. So I believe that something's taking place, and in fact, I know and, and in listening to others that 2023, we're in a time right now where God, I believe there's significant change that is taking place in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ. You may not see it yet, but there's significant change that's coming about. Jesus is coming soon. Somebody say, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus. Say it again, Jesus is coming soon. All the signs of the time point to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. And so if he's coming soon, obviously that will make a significant change. But before Jesus came the first time, there were some things that significantly needed to change. And I believe, and, and you know, Tasha can tell you this, others that, that have been praying with us, it's sometimes hard to explain, but I believe that a spirit of repentance is coming upon the earth. Just as it did before Jesus came, the apostle, or, or, or John the Baptist, uh, was, was preaching repentance. He was preaching. In that, in that repentance that he was preaching, he was really had the spirit of Elijah on him, and there was a turning back. There was a correcting of the families. There was a returning of the father's hearts to the children, the children to the fathers, and the disobedient to the just or to what is right. He said there was this whole uh, a spirit of Elijah that was upon John the Baptist that was preparing the coming of Jesus. And so Jesus is coming again. The world has all of its stuff going on, but I believe that there's a time coming that there is something that's going on that is turning people. Their hearts are 
turning, and that's what repentance means. Sometimes we look at it from a negative perspective, but there is something going on, and that, that repentance just means a change of thinking. In our understanding, it's really turning our thinking to God's thinking, our ways to God's ways, and why wouldn't we do that? His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So when we turn to him for our way of thinking, we begin to rise to a higher place of thinking. When we turn to his way of doing things, we turn to a higher way of doing things. The enemies tried to, to, to deceive the church into thinking that God's ways are lower, that God's ways are, uh, the way he does things are, are lesser, but they're actually higher. Even in the, in the church at Rome, Paul, in, in Romans chapter 1, discussed where they were going. It looks much like our world today in their activity, in their believing, in where they're going. He said they had a knowledge of God, but they refused to retain him in their thinking. They gave themselves up to immorality, to homosexuality, to all kinds of things. And he said that in their process of thinking, they denied God, and God gave them over to an abased way of thinking, a lower way of thinking. So the world has a much lower way of thinking. They're caught in their pride and their wisdom, but God said he'd take the foolishness of the, the wise and cause it, the, the wisdom that they think they have and cause it to be revealed as foolishness. So we're not at this time to get caught up in the ways of the world. So, you know, in saying that, you know, it's a turning point, uh, uh, a point in time when sick significant change occurs. We could be looking for something dramatic as we do, something sensational as we do. I begin to meditate on that, just saying, okay, God, help me, help me with this a little bit. And so I begin to see and to realize, you know, in 1975, uh, uh, I had a turning point in my life. I had a turning point in my life. I decided to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Just one decision on a Thursday night in March in Lyons, Colorado, I made a decision based on an impression upon my heart that I was not saved to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Didn't think of it as a significant occurrence at the moment. I, it certainly something impacted me, but I'd gone to church most of my life, but I had a realization in a moment's time I wasn't saved and I needed to be saved. When I made that decision, you know, Lots of things changed in my heart, but around me, not many things changed. But from that day forward, my life has been different. It's been different. In 1977, I decided uh, to make a change in my life and follow God. I decided to follow him with all of my heart. Decided to follow him. A significant change, a turning point in my life. It just continued to happen 1979. I, 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 after learning and, and hearing all the time, you know, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was passed away, that, that praying in tongues was of the devil, uh, I made a significant choice in my life to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Changed my life forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Again, in 1979, I decided to obey the call of God into ministry. A point when significant change was made. From the outward, it didn't look like anything really except for a decision to follow God, to go to Bible school. But it's impacted my life since that decision that I made. Praise the Lord. In December of 1985, 
made one of the most uh, uh, turning point decisions in my whole life. I asked Tasha to marry me. Things have never been the same. (laughs) All for the better. I was getting there. (laughs) All for the better. You say, why are you telling us all of this? And certainly there's been decisions that I've made that are turning points and they turn the wrong direction. There's, there's things that have happened that we would call turning points in our lives that, that maybe uh, we didn't even have a choice about. But since then, uh, it was an occurrence, significant occurrence that things changed. But the reason that I'm telling you these things is sometimes, you know, we're looking at the very, the, the big, flashy, or really heavy, or really impactful thing. Well, that, that could, I could see that as a turning point. But there's simple decisions that are made in obedience to Jesus Christ that are significant. They're turning point decisions in our life that will affect the rest of our life. And I believe that God has been dealing with us and talking to us, and we've been praying into this new year concerning things that God is going to begin to open up and reveal and decisions that are made will be so impactful that it will be a turning point in your life and in different places within our life. And so turn over to uh, Ephesians chapter 2 for just a moment. I don't think that we're probably going to share anything new with you all this morning. It's something that you know. I just want to put it in that place because it just kept coming up over and over and over again. I felt like I was supposed to say this to you as a congregation that 2023 is a turning point year. That whether there's a significant point in time in the kingdom of God or in your life or, or, or more than one, a point that you make a decision and it's a, it's a place or a point in time that significant change begins and occurs. So many things take place. And so here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others." But God, who is in, rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved, raised up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He goes on to talk about some things. He says, but you have to understand this. He's telling the Ephesian church. He said, you have to understand right now that you once were led by the course of this world, which is dictated to them by the prince of the power of the air. And we live in this world, but we're not of this world. We have to make a significant choice and decision that we are not going to follow just the course of this world. Decide along with this world. Trust in the things of this world and the system that governs this world. Because we're no longer of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And in this place where we begin to decide and understand as we look out among us that there are things going on every single day. They've been going on. They were going on when Jesus walked the earth. They were going on when the apostles wrote the, 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 the Bible, the, the epistles that we read. There were things going on. There were things going on that were good. There were things that were going on that were evil. There was the kingdom of darkness that was reigning over people's lives. And then Jesus came on the scene and there was the kingdom of God 
coming to earth, and there was a collision course with those two. But light always outshines in darkness. It dispels darkness when it's shining. And so he's telling them, listen, we all once lived this way. They're living this way because they have no hope until they hear about Jesus. But we don't live this way anymore. Because God, who was rich in mercy because of his love for us, and in order to satisfy his love for us, he sent Jesus. Not anything we could have done, we could have worked out ourselves. It was what Jesus did for us that changed everything. And when you made that decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you said, I want you to come in and be the master. I want you to be the ruler of the direction of my life. And when you did that, it was a turning point for you in the fact that your life changed. It was a major occurrence when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And there are things that God has wanted to do and continue to do since that day. But Paul continually reminded the churches, even though they were born again, he said, now listen, the decisions that you make concerning the things that are around you are going to have to be decisions that are made from the place of the word of God, the instruction of God by the spirit of God, not just simply off the cuff, not just the way the world is going, but significantly what God is saying. And so in order to have a turning point year in 2023, the key to it's going to have to be prayer. The key to it's going to have to be prayer. We've been praying into uh, 2023, 2024 uh, through December. We're going to continue to pray, as they said on the announcements, tomorrow night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, praying into some things. And this is what we have been praying. Turn over to Proverbs chapter uh, 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Somebody say, all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In all your ways, trust him with all of your heart, and in all of your ways, acknowledge him. We've been talking about that. There's some things that are going to take place for businessmen. There are things that are going to take place in families. They're going to take things that take place in finances. They're going to take things that take place in your service to the Lord God. There's going to be things that take place with people that God has put you uh, in their path, put you in a relationship with them for a specific reason that when you acknowledge God in that relationship, things are going to turn around. To this point, Some of you have not even, you're just moving through relationships thinking that you founded that relationship. It's just a friendship, but God puts you there for a specific reason. And the moment you start to acknowledge that friendship, that relationship, that job relationship, and how it's connecting right now or how it's not connecting, you begin to acknowledge God in it. God's going to open it up for you, and there's going to be a turning point in that relationship that brings influence to you into that life into those relationships. 
but it's simply from a standpoint of saying, wait a minute, I am here for a reason. I am in connection with these people or this person for a reason, not just because I decided it would be fun, not just because we came together, but God has put me here for a reason. God, I acknowledge you that you are in my life, that you are in the midst of this relationship. You are here for a purpose and a reason. You need to start unveiling and showing me exactly what that purpose is so that I can see and fulfill in this time what this relationship is for. Come on, some people have been asking for miracles and it'll be a turning point for you because there's a miracle right there in that relationship, but you haven't even acknowledged that it's a relationship that you could work a miracle in. Come on, there's some things in business, businessmen, just given that this is my business, this is the way I do business, this is the way the world does business, to say, wait a minute, God, you put me in business, you anointed me for this, I'm going to start acknowledging you, not just getting a dream for how I can uh, prosper more, but this is your business. What am I doing here in this business concerning the kingdom of God? I'm going to acknowledge you in my business, and there's going to be a turning point, there's going to be a turning point of influence In all of our ways, we acknowledge him. And he begins to direct our paths in his way because his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts than our thoughts. Get ready to take a step up. It'll seem strange, but a step up in your thinking. Oh no, I'm seeing this from a different place right now. Instead of seeing this relationship in the conflict that it has or, or what it means to me, what's not being imparted to me, what, how I'm not feeling right about it or I'm not feeling good in how it's going, all of a sudden I step up and I see from a different perspective what God has me here for. It's not for me, it's for me to impart to them. It's for me to have influence so I don't leave down and out. I don't leave feel offended. I don't leave expecting something from it that I'm never going to get from it because I didn't come to get from it. I came to give to it. God's going to do something great even for that one that just said, here we go again. It's always what I got to do. God has something planned for you. But he won't let you, if you let the enemy run you with that attitude, it won't happen. We acknowledge him in all of our ways. It'll be very easy to come back and go, well, what about me? But God says, I already took care of you. I died, I raised from the dead. You're seated with me in heavenly places. But see, we have to know that. We have to acknowledge him. He says, in all of your ways, acknowledge me. I'll direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. There's that repentance again. Just reverence God. So, well, I'm not doing anything evil. Listen, the, the thing that we want to understand just a little bit, not to bring, uh, just to bring understanding. To him that knows to do right and doesn't do it, to him, that it, to him it's sin. So, well, I don't do anything evil. Well, right here it says, if we reverence God, we believe that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His way of doing things is better than ours. Then we just say, well, I'm going to do it my way instead of your way. Then that becomes evil. He says, depart from just doing things your way and reverence me. And he says, there's some things that will happen. He said, depart from evil, and it will be a turning point. It will be health to your flesh and it will be strength to your bones. 
be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So he says, listen, there's a place where you give me all your heart. You give me all, acknowledge me in all of your ways. And I, the God of the universe, who created everything, will get into your thoughts. I'll get into your ways. I'll get into the paths that you walk in. And I will guide them. I will direct them. And if you'll follow me, I'll put my hand on some things. My mighty hand that you've humbled yourself under my mighty hand. And under my, my, my mighty hand, I'll turn things around that seem to be going down. And I'll begin to lift them up. Simple adjustments for some, major adjustments for others. Some will say, man, I've been going away from God for years. Yeah, I'm going to heaven, I'm saved, but I've been going away from God. A major thinking, but in that major change, you know, we hear this, people get gloriously saved. Man, I turned my life around. Others, it's simple adjustments that all of a sudden open a door that when you open it, you're like, this is what I've been waiting for. But you've been passing that door and going your own way over and over again. But the moment you say, I'm going to acknowledge you, and right there he says, now that door you've been passing by, I'm speaking figuratively, that door, that thing you've been passing by, you touch it in prayer, but you don't really want to touch it. Might be serving somewhere. Might be talking to somebody, might be forgiving somebody, might be looking at your job differently, might be looking at the call of God differently, but you know, it just comes in prayer, you don't want to touch it. You just want to keep going the way you've been going. But he says, if you'll acknowledge me in that and stop right there. I'll open up some things, and when I do, all of a sudden, that revelation of the very thing that I put in your heart, you'll say, this is the door I should have been stopping at years ago, but I'm stopping right now because I'm giving it to you, God. And he'll open it up, and the veil will be taken away, and you'll begin to see things like you've never seen them before. It'll begin to be, this is what God put in my heart, and I'm stepping into it right now. Right now, a turning point, just a decision. To say, I'm not going to ignore that anymore when it comes up. I'm not going to look at it from the way that I look at it anymore. I'm not going to hold that because I have a right to hold that anymore. But I'm giving it to you. You give me the direction. You give me the direction. (coughs) You say, how do I do that? You continue to stay with God. You continue, well, I do that. I get in the Word. So all I can say, you know, is, is what's impressed upon me, and that is, you know, uh, and maybe it's just because it's the way that I work, but there's things, you know, that I come up on in prayer, I don't totally understand them, so I just keep going. But I, when I keep coming up on them, I have to stop at some point and say, what is it about that? What is it about that? There's been times, uh, significant change. I've, I've said this before. There's been times when I've struggled, and, and had a situation, just situations with people. You know, you'd think you'd learn from some time or another. But, uh, uh, you know, what I have learned is uh, having something against somebody is pretty easy. It's easy to say you don't, but to pick up something and not even hardly realize that you do. And when you do, it changes everything. It hinders everything. God said it would. So, you know, just had, had, had uh, you know, I haven't done it for a while. I'm, I'm getting better at just being pretty quick to realize, wow, I picked something up there. I just got to let it go. 
But you know, I continued to pray in this one situation over and over. It came up. I said, well, God, I've already dealt with that. I already forgave that. But it kept coming up. So I, I just kept kind of throwing it off. Well, I forgave him for that. Uh, uh, but I, then I would pray, God, what seems something seems to be hung up here? Why aren't, we, why aren't we making the progress? Why am I not making the progress? I knew. I saw it clearly. But it just seems like something's holding things up. Something's just slowing things down. I can't figure it out. And I keep bumping up against this person. I'm like, God, I took care of that. I took care of that. Forgave him. And finally, I just kept bumping up against it. Whenever I would pray, you know, there's different things you pray. You pray about relationships. You pray about stuff. But different things I'd pray. But when it came to moving forward in certain areas, just keep moving forward. I'd keep bumping up. That person would just keep coming into my thinking. I'm like, I don't want to think about that person. I don't want to think about that situation. I've dealt with it. But finally, I just had to stop and say, why does that keep coming up? He said, because you haven't really dealt with it. And so I went through the scripture that I used to deal with it. Well, God, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, if I forgive them like you forgave me. He said, well, I want you to turn over to Matthew, the sixth chapter. I said, well, okay. That's the Lord's prayer. I said, well, I've forgiven them just like you forgave me. What's, what's the issue here? I know forgiveness is important. And so <clears throat> he took me to Matthew chapter 6. So I went to Matthew chapter 6 and just started reading that, that prayer there. And, you know, in Ephesians, it says, forgive even as Christ forgave you. But in, in, in the Lord's prayer, it says, Lord, forgive me my debts, even as I've forgiven my debtor. So now he's bringing me up a level. It's one thing to say, well, Jesus forgave me, I forgive you. He said, now, how do you want to be forgiven? Oh, dear Lord. Man, I saw that situation. I saw my forgiveness of that person totally different. Oh, God. Well, I don't want you to just go, well, I forgave you. Now just be on about it. Man, I just had to get with the Lord and say, okay, how, how do I go about this? So he showed me. Gave him the attention. He said, now, how do you want to be forgiven here? And however you want to be forgiven, that's how I want you to forgive them. So I just knelt down began to forgive them in that way. He gave me some instruction, some action to take in forgiving them. And when I did that, things picked up. The things that I was, felt like were stopping, all of a sudden it just opened up. Things began to move again. They began to move again. Turning point right there. That forgiveness right there was a turning point in my life. Kept things moving, right? So in all of our ways, we acknowledge him. Some things very important seem insignificant to you right now. Seem insignificant to you right now. Even as I'm talking, there's something coming to mind, but you're shuffling it off. It's insignificant. But turning point means a point of significant change. What you think is insignificant sometimes that you're dealing with, God says that's the thing that will make significant change in your life. I believe God wants to take some things that you thought are insignificant, may have you make the right decision, and it changes everything. Because the enemy's convinced you it's no big deal. You got this, but you don't got it without giving it to God. Are you all doing all right? All right. Turn over to Psalms 37. Again, if you know this, if you've been with us, these are some scriptures that we encourage you uh, to use in prayer. And so the turning point, it's, it's, it's uh, 
prayer is the key and how we go about praying. Certainly, you all have your way of praying. Many people, you, you may like the way somebody prays, not like the way somebody prays. Uh, but again, as we, we move out, I can see the, the significance in praying this way if God has these things planned. Because we can pray a lot of things, and they're, you know, in praying to, to search out a vision, you know, as, as Habakkuk wrote, write the vision and make it plain, right? We, we like that. Write the vision, make it plain. Without a vision, people perish. Uh, without, where, where does vision come from? In that, many times we don't know there in Proverbs, where does vision come from? Uh, one translation says, without a vision, people perish. Another translation says, without a prophetic word, people cast off restraint. Another translation says, without a word from God, people wander aimlessly. And so where does your vision come from? Or where does God intend for your vision to come from? From his word. Come on, everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness is right here in this word. How to run a good business is in this word. How to live in wisdom and prosper in Proverbs is right here in the Word. And when you get to get, getting into the Word and see yourself in that Word, that's that reflection. All of a sudden, if you're a businessman, if you're a father, if you're a mother, if you're a child, whatever it is, you begin to see what God has done for you in there. It stands off the page. And now, now all of a sudden you have a vision of my life looking different from the standpoint of how God views it, what he planned for it, wherever you are. Wherever you are today, wherever you, wherever you work today, your family situation today, it may look ugly, it may be difficult, but when you look into the Word of God, and this is what God said about your family, and you begin to say, okay, God, help me, help me see what's going on here, and he begins to open that up to you, and you begin to listen to him. He's, you know, uh, Mark Hankin says this, uh, um, the Holy Spirit, he's a genius, And sometimes we think, well, that'll never work, but he's a genius if we listen to him. Psalms 37. Psalms 37, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. In other words, don't look out at the world, see what they're doing, and say, well, boy, I wish it would be that way for me. He says, for they, say, they the interpretation of that tongue is, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Come on, there's that trust in the Lord again. Now we like to move around, we get antsy. He says, listen, trust in the Lord and just continue to do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. Alan was talking about magnifying the Lord earlier. Feed on his faithfulness, the faithfulness of God. Declare those scriptures. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Even when man is faithless, God is faithful. He'll never deny himself. Great is the faithfulness of God. His mercies are new every morning. Why? Because he's faithful. So start feeding on the faithfulness of God. Feeding on what God has said because if God said it, he'll do it. If he promised it, he'll perform it. Feed on his faithfulness. Don't feed on things that haven't worked out for you. Don't feed on what people have said about you. Don't feed on what the past has said. Feed on God's faithfulness because if you've been feeding on other things, feeding on his faithfulness will create a turning point in your life. 
just of understanding. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll place desires in you that cannot be denied. Desires that won't take you away from him. Desires that will draw you so close to him. He said, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. He said, if you feed on his faithfulness, what he said, you delight in him. You let him give you the desires of your heart, and then you commit that back to him. He will bring it to pass. It's that process in 2023 that we begin to really bring things up to him over and over again in his faithfulness and what he said about what he's going to do, what he said in his word he's done for us already and how that makes a change in us. And we feed on that. We process that. We eat it as the manna from heaven. Anew every morning we begin to participate and partake of that. We're not just going through religious motions anymore. It's time for a turnaround where we actually engage in relationship with God through his word and the spirit of God in prayer. There's turning points in 2023 when we do that significant change taking place and occurring. Sometimes in a moment of prayer, sometimes in a moment of activity, sometimes just in communication with somebody else, the wisdom of God comes and significant change is taking place because we acknowledge him in all of our ways, not just our church ways, but in all of our ways. We commit our life to him. Too often, too many times, we ask God to commit his life to us. God, I'm out there every day. Where are you? What are you doing? And he says, listen, if you commit your ways to me, you'll know where I am and you'll know what I'm doing. When we get into our ways and we're like, God, I'm doing something really good for you. Could you put really bless it? If he's like, well, wait a minute. This isn't what I have for you to do. Yeah, but I'm doing it for you. But if we just commit that to him, he'll bring it to pass. Praise the Lord. All right, Psalms 20. Psalms 20. I picked up right here because I believe it connects in our thinking right here, it says, may uh, he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. If we spend time delighting in him, he gives us the desires of our heart. With that desire, there is a purpose, an eternal purpose that we begin to find in our life. And God will grant you your heart's desires and fulfill your purpose. We rejoice in your salvation and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. You are his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Praise the Lord. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. 
Come on, there's a place where we've trusted in natural things. We've gone through a process of wondering who's going to do it. Is the government going to do it? Somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to make a decision. Can we trust in this? Can we trust in that? But we as the people of God say, listen, some have trusted in all kinds of things. Maybe it turned out good. Maybe it turned out bad. But we trust in the Lord our God. And though people we thought were rising are falling, though people we thought would be in this place have bowed down, God's going to cause us to stand upright on our feet. That the church will arise and shine in this generation. Though darkness covers the earth and deep darkness, the people just understand as you look out and see, wow, it's getting pretty dark out there. But you are the light of the world. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. When you stand there, there is a light in the midst of darkness and people are to be brought to the brightness of our rising. We're not to enfold into darkness, but to shine in the midst of darkness. We're not to close our door because there's darkness out there, but open our life and let the light shine. God is strengthening you right now to stand up right. Where you've been bowed over, where it seemed like it's been heavy, where things have been difficult. As we begin to get in prayer, there's a strengthening within your inner man that is causing you to stand upright from the inside out. Everything may be pressing from the outside, but there is a strength if you are praying right now and praying in the Holy Spirit of God. There's a strength. You know it already. There's something teeming on the inside of you, something supernatural that's causing you to throw your shoulders back and say, this is a time right now where I can stand upright in the things of God. I can humble myself under His mighty hand, and He'll bring forth where I need to be, when I need to be there. He'll exalt me in due season. I'm not going to get in a rush about this. I'm not going to just lay down but I'm going to stand upright. I'll be patient as God walks me through life, but I know that I will end up exactly where I'm supposed to be with the right posture and the right position to be exactly who God called me to be. Significant change, significant times in life. I believe there's going to be significant personal change for people. As Jesus went through life in Matthew chapter 4, you can just read it. He just came, he walked by the sea, came upon some, uh, a couple of fishermen. He said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. A turning point moment for those fishermen. Man, it didn't look like it right away. And then about three and a half years into it, it looked like it could have been the worst decision they ever made. But they made the right decision to follow him when he called them. Acts, the fourth chapter. The Apostle Paul went to the council. He got papers so that he could go and stone Christians to death and imprison them. He was on his way to go imprison Christians. And he had a meeting with the light on the road to Damascus. And in that moment, he said, what do you want me to do? And the Lord Jesus gave him instruction, turned his whole life around because he obeyed the call of God. I believe there's some moments for some people in following the call of God. Turning point moments in 2023. In our thought life, 
I believe there's some turning point moments in people's thought life. Because your thought life, what you think about, dictates your decisions. And your decisions determine your destination. And some people are going the wrong direction simply because of their thoughts. Simply because of their thoughts. But I believe there's some turning point moments as we understand, as we get into the Word of God. And we begin to see those thoughts are not in obedience to Christ. And I will decide right now to capture them and throw them down. Come on, simple thoughts that we've thrown off. We've given no, no relationship to. But as we get into the Word of God, the Spirit of God says, why are you doing that? Just understand, you know, when you're holding something against someone, that's not in obedience to Christ. Yeah, but you've reasoned. I have every right to feel that way. But if you'll capture it, hear me right. I'm not saying you don't feel that way. I'm not saying you don't think those things. I'm not saying they're not bothering you. But as you get into the Word of God and see, why, why am I even thinking this way? What God told me to think is a much greater thought. Holy Spirit, I'm going to depend upon you to give me the strength and the empowerment to grab that thought and to capture it. To capture, to examine it. Why am I thinking this way? Does this have anything to do with what Christ has done for me? No. I heard one man say this in, our, in a men's conference at Raymond. He said, then you take that, thing, that thought outside and you shoot it. You've captured it. You've arrested the thought. You've examined it and found out it's guilty of lack of obedience to Christ. You take it outside and you shoot it. You've been holding that thought pattern. And if you're giving it to God, you're giving your thoughts and your ways to him. Somewhere in this year, he'll show you and say, that way of thinking has been hindering your life. And you cast it down. You say, well, what am I going to do if I don't think about that? Come on, that's very real. You may not consciously think that, but you think that. Well, if I actually don't think that about that person, what am I going to think about them? For so long, I've thought that about them. And the devil will say, if you don't think that about them, you're going to have to think good about them. And then you go, not doing it. Because I don't think good of them. That's how much your thought has taken over. Is not thinking good about them in obedience with Christ? Everybody starts looking at somebody else. <laughs> no, it's not an obedience to Christ. But that's how the enemy has worked. Well, if I don't think that about them, what am I going to think about them? Am I going to think nothing about them? Well, no, people bring up their name all the time. So what am I going to think about them? Well, maybe think good about them. But I can't think good about them. Oh, you can. You just haven't captured that thought yet. But when you do, turning point. Significant change. I believe there's going to be significant change in relationships. As we view the Word of God, we give Him 
our marriage relationships, our family relationships, other relationships, we begin to conduct our relationships in the way that God said to conduct them. We give them to him. Not looking at the other, what, what do we do? What's this relationship? And if it's not a godly relationship, we find out in a godly way how to end it and move on. In a godly way. To move on. Not burning bridges, not tearing things down, because who knows that God doesn't lead you back. Turning point moments from sickness to health. The word says as we embrace all of that, it'll be health and strength to our bones. I'll just end with this. This one, I have a few other things. I'll pick up maybe some other time. I believe that it's going to be a significant time I think individually for some of you, but for the church, that the things God has spoken over us as a church, it'll be a turning point. They're going to start coming to pass. As we choose to acknowledge him in all of our ways, extraordinary things are going to come to pass. There's something, he said it over and over and over. I haven't yet found all the keys. I don't know that we're supposed to. I think maybe by faith. But there's something about the miraculous. In this place, something about the miraculous. There's certain things that set the tone for the miraculous. Certain things that set the tone. Not just wanting to see the miraculous. Not saying what's well, happening somewhere else. Setting the tone. Coming with an expectancy. Having our hearts clear. Being ready, looking at people who need a miracle, ready to offer praise to God to set an atmosphere for miracle, corporate anointing, sometimes we call it. The miraculous, really we see it over and over many times in the tent meetings that we saw in the 40s in different places. The, the ministers would tell you, even though many of them rose to fame, there was something about the corporate anointing, the expectancy that came in those places, the draw upon God with every single person that was coming, expecting a miracle that set the atmosphere for God to move in that place. That if we'll make some decisions, I believe that God wants to bring to pass things that he said, a revelation of things that he said, in your life and for us corporately. Even things that maybe you've set aside and said, well, maybe that's not going to happen. Begin to again speak it, magnify God in it. Because there are certain things that are for appointed times. Appointed seasons. And when God shows us, we think it's right now. Because we live in time and space God doesn't. He sees it happening in such a way, but he knows where we are. And he brings it to Pass at an appointed time. He's preparing us for what he's prepared for us. That when that preparation time has come, we occupy that place, we're ready. But if we're not ready, why would he bring it? I believe he's been preparing us. He almost always speaks things that register with us now, but he's speaking things that we can prepare for what he has planned for us in the future. 
Many times people quit before they get there. But for those who don't quit, those who don't faint, there is a harvest. To not get weary in well-doing, you will reap if you do not faint. I believe we've continued to be faithful and there's a reaping of the things that God has said. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up with me, Father, we thank you. We praise you We magnify you. Father, I pray for the Holy Spirit to minister to every heart in life. I trust you. We've brought forth what you had for us this morning. Now lead us and guide us individually, corporately. That we might see the points in time where significant change takes place. We'd open our eyes to be looking for those opportunities. I trust this will be a time when we look back, God. See exactly what you were saying. Right now we live it out by faith, but we, be, we can look back and see what a turning point time this is. Lead us, guide us, instruct us. With all that we know, we commit ourselves, our ways to you. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, direct us, help us, strengthen us, nudge us, correct us, that we truly might see all that you've spoken to us. We might see more clearly than we've ever seen before. Open the eyes of our understanding. Flood our hearts with light that we might see more clearly than ever before, the hope, the expectation of the call that rests upon us right now in our generation. To be that light, to be that salt, that savoriness, that we might have an influence and an impact on those who are in darkness, lost without you. We believe for souls saved into the kingdom of God. Harvest like never before. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hope you got something out of that. Uh, if not, thanks for letting me just share that, process that with you this morning. Say this, we go, what God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. Happy New Year.